Hello, Cathedral family and friends. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Great is our God and greatly is he to be praised. Psalm 100 says, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. I invite you right now to join me in praying the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, what a wonderful thing it is today to be able to call the God of the universe our Father who is in the heavens. You're not only the God who is way up there, but you're as close to us as the air that we breathe. Holy, marvelous, amazing is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done right here in San Jose, even as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. You see our needs. We put ourselves in position to receive. And forgive us, God, we're flawed. Human beings who fail every day. But thank you for your amazing grace. We receive of that today. Forgive us as we forgive those who have sinned against us. Lord, we let it go so that we can be free. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from the evil one. Keep us safe, God, from the devil and from ourselves. Give us victory. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen and amen and amen. Well, it's time to praise. It's time to worship. It's time to sing to our almighty shepherd. Here's Pastor Vaughn and the worship team to lead us. I'll never be 
together. This is our God. So come on, let's sing it out in faith. God is good all the time. Let's continue to worship the Lord. And you are good. You're good. Oh, you are good. You're good.
The Bible says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. That's why at Cathedral of Faith, when they ask, what side of town do you live on, the north, the south, the west, or the east side of town? At Cathedral, we say, we live on the blessed side of town, because if you're connected to Jesus, you are blessed. 
Thanks so much for joining us today. Boy, it's so great to be connected with you every weekend. I'm believing God is gonna meet you during our time together. We've been blessed in so many ways and we have a great praise report I wanna share with you. Uh, Lauren, we just received something from the Mercury News. We did, we actually, we just got this award and it's for the Reader's Choice Award from the Mercury News. It says, uh, for the best in Silicon Valley 2020, Cathedral of Faith was voted the best place of worship. Amen, let's give God praise. Isn't that exciting? Way to go, Cathedral. You are the Cathedral of Faith and you have created such a, a, a welcome place, a loving place that, well, even the community is recognizing it. And I was thinking how we had a faith goal at the start of the year that our faith goal was to try to let 100,000 more people in the Silicon Valley know about the Cathedral of Faith so that the Cathedral of Faith could let those people know about Jesus. And we thought 100,000 people, oh, that's a pretty high benchmark. And then this crazy year happened and NBC opened the door for us to be on television and almost a million and a half people became aware of the Cathedral of Faith through that television program. And now once again, God has done more than we could ask or imagine. And the 400,000 subscribers to the Mercury News now know that the Cathedral of Faith has been named as the best place to worship. Once again, can we give God praise? You have a dream God has a bigger dream, amen. In fact, God had an amazing dream. This last Tuesday, we had our first ever drive-through communion service. And Lauren, it was an amazing time. We didn't know what to think. Nope, we had, we really had no idea what to think. It was, would anybody even show up? We didn't know. Um, but I got to drive through and let me tell you, oh my gosh, it really doesn't seem like a big deal but it was huge. I drove onto campus. We were welcomed by pastors and staff with big signs and everybody's got their masks on to be safe. And I drove up and there were so many cars in the parking lot. It was incredible. And it was so fun because you drive up and you pull up next to people and you're waving at each other, you know? And, um, and it was just so fun to see each other and see the campus filled with people again. And then um, you drove up and you got to have your own personal communion time with a pastor and with, you know, your family, my husband, my kids were in the car. Um, it was really, really powerful. And it was, it was really a great experience. It was a great experience. Again, it was one of those moments where God did way more than we could have asked or imagined. And I, I was moved to tears several times uh, seeing, you know, the, the folks at Cathedral that are part of the Cathedral family that had come out. And in fact, the response was so overwhelming. We're gonna do it again this Tuesday night. And so if you didn't get a chance to come out last week, or if you did come out last week, but you'd like to come out again this Tuesday night from six to eight o'clock. And we had some more ideas that came out of that first experience. So it's gonna be uh, even, I believe even a more powerful experience from the first moment you drive onto the campus. So we hope that you'll join us then. That's this Tuesday from six to eight o'clock. Uh, and I wanna thank all of you who have been faithfully supporting us here at Cathedral of Faith. 
Um, I can't thank you enough. You know, it's been a difficult season for, for all of us. And here at the church, walking through this extraordinary time, and it's your faithful commitment, giving your time, your talent, and your finances. Now, I was thinking how 100 years from now, 200 years from now, 500 years from now, if Jesus tarries, who knows what the Bay Area is gonna look like. But I can tell you one thing will remain in the Bay Area, and that is the Church of Jesus Christ. It has been here 2,000 years. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And so when we invest in the local church, we're investing in something that we know is gonna be here from generation to generation to generation. So thank you for your generosity. There are so many ways you can give. You can give on the app, you can give on the website, uh, you can uh, send in a check. There were people at the communion drive-through that were bringing in their offering that way. But we, we ask that you would consider, you know, being faithful with your support, especially during the month of July. Summer is usually a downtime to begin with. And now with the COVID-19 and the challenges, uh, we just need your support. So thank you again. We want to pray for you and pray God's blessing upon you. Father, thank you for the cathedral family. Thank you for those who have become a part of cathedral through the whole COVID experience. Lord, and I, I pray, all of us are facing different kinds of challenges, but I pray for the cathedral family economically. God, I pray, I thank you for those who have been able to, to stay strong in their jobs and and they're working harder than ever. God, I pray for those who have seen severe setback in their jobs and their finances. Lord, I pray that you would meet every person at their point of need, that even in our weakness, God, you would show up strong so that we can continue to invest in the work of your local church because it's the one thing in our valley that we know will be here from generation to generation. We pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Well, God bless you as you give. And Lauren, we've got a special guest. We do. At this time, please welcome Grammy award-winning singing group, Take Six, accompanied by a special message from Christian Dentley. Well, hello, Pastor Ken and the entire Cathedral of Faith family. It's your East Coast brother, Christian Dentley, and I'm so excited to share with you today a new video from Take Six. Years and years ago, before the young guy got into the group, Take Six released a song called Spread Love. And it's amazing that right now, all these years later, that the message of that song is just as important now as it was then. There's a lot of things being spread, germs, COVID-19 and such and such, but we believe that as believers, it is our responsibility to spread the love of Jesus Christ to everyone that will hear it until the whole world knows that Jesus loves them. So hopefully you guys will enjoy this video from Take Six featuring your boy, Spread Love. Find somebody who declares he's got it made. He won't admit it, but it's just a masquerade. He's a modern day deceiver. 
fever with a case of falsehood fever. What a shame. Um, any opportunity, especially during times of uncertainty and 
where a lot of families might be finding themselves facing food insecurity that they might not have before. If we can provide a little bit of support, a little bit of comfort, that's really what it's all about. Hey, Cathedral family, thanks so much for inviting us into your homes. Welcome to the new normal. In some ways, the new normal is when something outside happens to us. We lose a job, we're working from home, sickness happens, things take place around us, circumstances, a virus, another injustice. And last week, Pastor Ken opened this series by letting us know what to do when things change on the outside so that we can prepare it. And what a strong message he brought us to know how to deal with a new normal that's imposed on us. But sometimes a new normal comes because there's changes that need to happen on the inside of us, not just because they happen on the outside. We're looking again at the book of Philippians, chapter two, written by Paul when he was in jail to this family that he loved so much, sharing with them the new normal he wanted for them. Now, normal is actually whatever we're used to. And what Paul's saying is what you've gotten used to isn't the way it's supposed to be. Let me give you some biblical insights on what the new normal should be inside us. In fact, let's look at our passage today from Philippians chapter two, verses three to five. And here's what it says. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. We're gonna unpack this to help us have a new normal in our lives in this season. Now, let me give you an insight to how I prepare messages. First thing I do is I go to the Lord and say, what's the word of the Lord? Because far more important than anything I have to say is what he has to say. So I'll spend time praying. I'll spend time reading the word. I'll spend time studying. And then I pray some more and read some more and study some more. And then I finally start writing out that word. Then what I do is as I'm sitting there in my office, 
I imagine different ones of you from the church family being there. And I, I read it as if you were there. Sometimes people who send in prayer requests that week, sometimes people I know who are struggling or working through things. I have this imagining of a single person or a widow or a high school person. And I imagine them there because I wanna make sure the word of the Lord isn't just for some of us, but for all of us. Well, this week, it's gonna be a little different. Rather than just imagining those people in front of me, I'm gonna actually have them here with me. And first, we're gonna start off with Zion Thompson. Zion's been leading worship for our CUF kids through the summer. He's been doing a great job. Take a look. Zion, thanks so much for leading our kids through the summer in worship. You've done an amazing job. We're so proud of you. And in fact, if you've not yet logged in, you can go to any of our social media for CUF Kids with Instagram and Facebook and see Zion and some of our other people leading worship. You've done a great job and it's so great to have you here. Thanks for being here today. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna teach you a truth from the Bible and have you help me teach it too. Is that okay? Yeah. Cool. Thanks so much. So first of all, we have a, a letter that Paul wrote in the Bible. And in that letter has a special verse. And we're going to put that verse up on the screen. I'm wondering if you can read that for me. Oh, it looks a little weird, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. What happens if you read it in the opposite direction? What's it say? Put. Um, put. Others. Others, good. Others Put others first. first. Excellent. Put others first. That's so good. The hard part is not just that verse, but you had to read it in the opposite direction. And the reason I did that is because this is the opposite to what we normally want to do. Normally, we want to think about ourselves and us first and us winning and us being in charge. But the reality is, this verse is a hard one for a new normal, to put others first. And yet, that's what God calls us to do, to put others first. Now, I ask you to bring some action figures with you today. And don't worry, these have been sanitized. So we have these action figures. And I want you to imagine for a moment... Zion, that you have your action figures here and somebody comes over to visit your house and they have a one-year-old little boy. And so they're trying to figure out what can we have this one little one-year-old play with. So you give him your action figures and he's playing and playing and playing, but then it's time to go home. And you go over and you take the action figures because they're yours and he's leaving. What do you think that one-year-old's gonna do? Cry. Yeah, right. He's going to cry because he's been holding on to it. Nobody had to teach him how to be selfish. We're all selfish on our own. And what happens is when he gets it taken away, he's like, no, 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 I want that. And that's what this verse is all about. Most of us are really, really selfish until Jesus comes and teaches us an important lesson. Let's look at that verse one more time. It says, put... put others first. That can be so hard for us. But Jesus came to give us an example in this scripture of what it's like to put others first. Now, I need you to help me with something. I want you to fold your hands together like this. Okay, you got them folded? Okay, take a, 
Hold them there. And in fact, everybody at home, if you want to do the same thing, fold your hands. That's right. Everybody at home, fold your hands. Now, I want you to look down at your hands for just a minute. Which thumb is on top, your right thumb or your left thumb? Which one's on top for you, Zion? Um, my left. Your left one. Well, my left one's on top too. Now, some people, their right one's on top. Now, here's what I want you to do. If your left one's on top, I want you to move all your fingers up one space and put the right one on top. All of you at home, if your left one's on top, move the right one. If your right one's on top, move the left one. Doesn't that feel weird? Because that's not what you normally do. And that's what this verse is about. The new normal is sometimes not easy, but it's about putting others first. And that can be so hard because we want to win. We want to be first. We always want to be the one who gets everything. But the Bible teaches us to be like Jesus and put others first. What are some ways we could put people first, uh, Zion? Um, like letting them go first in the line and like, not just playing the games I want to play, but like playing the games they want to play. That's excellent, excellent. Letting other people go online, that might be a good word for some of you at the grocery store who are waiting for a long time. It's not just for kids playing, but it's for all of us. What does it look like to put others first? And like you said, maybe playing games others want to play, not just what you want to play. Those are great examples of putting others first. Well, thank you so much for being with me today. We're so proud of you. We love you so much. And we're looking forward to all God has for you. If I could, I'd give you a hug. But right now, it's got to be a virtual hug, virtual high five, okay? Thanks so much, Zion, for joining us. Thank you so much. I'm available every week. All right. On October 22nd of 1967, John McCain was shot down over Vietnam and taken to the Hanoi Hilton. When they found out that his father was the commanding officer for all of the Vietnam region, they offered to let him go because they wanted to show the other POWs that some of these people get preferential treatment. But John McCain refused. He stayed there. And as he stayed there in that prison camp, he ended up being there five and a half years, three and a half years in solitary confinement. Why? They gave him the chance to go in fact, several times they were going to let him go, but he's like, I won't go until the people who were captured before me go first. He went through a lot of torture and a lot of pain. And that's a real example here of putting others first, that rather than taking the privileges he could have that were offered to him, he put others first. And that's exactly what Jesus does in this passage. He's the example to us of putting others first. In fact, here's the principle that we've learned in this time with Zion. And it says this, put others first because Jesus put you first. The motivation for putting others first is because that's what Jesus did with each one of us. Now we're going to go a little deeper. And it's my privilege to have Michael Villegas with us. Michael's grown up in this church. He's one of our high school kids. His mom works here at Cathedral of Faith. His grandma and grandpa, Eddie and Deanna, work at Cathedral of Faith. Even his great-grandma, Edna, worked here for many years. So he's been around Cathedral a very long time. And you can see on the screens there that Michael is an amazingly talented, gifted guy, especially when it comes to dance. So, Michael, I want to ask you a question. When it comes to dancing, what's the difference between doing a solo dance and dancing with a group? Um, so, when you're in a solo dance, you know what your moves are and you know your capabilities. And, but with a whole group, you got to learn somebody else's point of view and you got to 
help them learn as you learn. So what do you have to think about when you're dancing with a group? Um, you got to think about if, if they're doing good and if they match what you're doing. So it's a, it's a whole different way of thinking. If you're up there by yourself just doing your moves, you can do whatever you want, whenever you want. But when you're dancing with other people, you've got to keep in mind what they're doing and how they're moving. Sometimes you have to learn new moves that you wouldn't normally do. So dancing in a group is very different than dancing by yourself. And that's really what the passage we're looking at is all about. Let me read it to you one more time from Philippians chapter two. Here's what Paul writes. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Now, let me unpack this for us a little bit deeper here. We have these actions we perform, things we do. I'll call that the fruit of our lives. But the fruit gets all of its energy by going way down to the roots, which is our values, why we do what we do. And so what happens is Paul's trying to tell us here, I just don't want you to change your outward behavior and start doing nice things. I need you to change your values. Go down deeper and what are your value? And one of the hard things is if one of your values is I want to be famous, I want people to notice me, I want to be a great dancer, but you also have another one, a value that says, I want to be part of a group. I want to do what the group does. Sometimes those values conflict. And this passage is doing that. Sometimes our values are rooted in me and what I want. But when we come to Jesus, the example here is we get rooted in him. So rather than being centered or rooted in just me, I need to be centered and rooted in Jesus. And that's what helps us make these decisions. In fact, in 1 John chapter 2, verse 6, we need to read another portion of this. It says, whoever claims to live in him, in Christ, must live as Christ did. And part of this is having the right values to know how should we respond, how should we react. Now, I have a question for you, Michael. Do you know what the golden rule is? Yes. Can you tell uh, us what it is? Yeah. It's treat others the way you want to be treated. Excellent. The golden rule is this. It says, do to others as you would have them do to you. <clears throat> now, that's really nice. It's much better than the silver rule. Now, the silver rule is this, do to others as they do to you. This is the law of retribution, eye for an eye, tooth for tooth. Well, they did that to me, I'll do that back. You yelled, I'll yell. You get mad, I get mad. It's doing the same thing. And that's even better than the bronze rule, which is do to others before they do to you. And there are people out there that, hey, I'm gonna get them before they get me. But better than the bronze rule, better than the silver rule, better than the golden rule is another rule that Jesus came when he died and rose again, he introduced a brand new rule to us. And it's what I call the titanium rule. And here's what it is. Do to others as Jesus would do to them. You know, even the golden rule is nice, but I can be nice to you just so you'll be nice to me. It can still be the wrong value, the wrong root. But in this one, I do to others as Jesus would do to them. And that's what this whole new normal is about. How do we live out our lives in such a way that we honor others the way Christ would? Now, that's not easy. In fact, if you read the book of Philippians, you will notice that in four chapters, Jesus Christ is mentioned over 40 times. And the reason is this, we can't do this by ourselves. We need help. 
We need God to help us do this. We need the power of Jesus. And there's a verse from Philippians that we do a lot around here. Michael, I think you know it. You want to help me out? Yeah. Here we go. And it is, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If you weren't doing it at home, this is your time to do it. Here we go. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The reason this is so important is I can't put others first by myself. I will always go back to holding on to whatever I have. But when I put my roots, my value centered in Jesus, then I can do all things through Christ, including putting others first. Well, thanks so much, Michael, for helping us out. Hey, before you move, before you go, could you do a dance move for us? I'd love to see one of your moves. Sure. All right, way to go, Michael. As we take this truth a little deeper, Michael's help us see something that's really important here. I wanna give an illustration of it from my own personal life. When our boys were about the same age as Michael, we did an extensive cross-country trip, and one of the things I scheduled was a whitewater rafting trip on the Snake River. It's super famous because lots of movies have been filmed there, and it's supposed to be a really great whitewater rapid experience. But when we got there that morning, we put on our wetsuits and the guide started giving the safety instructions. And here's what he said. I know it's July, but the water's only 34 degrees. If you fall in, make sure you get back in this life raft within five minutes or you'll go into hypothermia. Well, my wife looked at me with that mom look of what in the world have you gotten us into? And what made it worse was they put me up front. I'm sitting in the front of the, the life raft and they're in the back. And she was really nervous. In fact, as we were going down those rapids and we did some of them, I was really nervous. Saying, oh God, please, you've got to protect us. But here's an interesting thing that happened. I was up front so I could steer and the guide in the back would call out, go left, go right, go left, go right. And then we were coming up with this one section where the right looked a little rough and I'm like, oh, we're going to go left. He's like, go right. And I'm like, what? He's like, go right. And I'm like, what? Go right. Because to me, left looked like the best option. Thank goodness I listened to the guide because as we went down the right and came back around, the left side was a huge drop into the rocks. I'm saying that to say I had to put that guide first. He knew what he was doing. He had been there before. And that's how it is with this truth. We put Jesus first, and we put others first by saying no to ourselves sometimes. Now, fortunately, we got through that experience. Everybody was fine. Everybody's good. But it required me to put others first. And that brings us to this second part of the message that Michael's helped us learn today, which is this. The fruit of the new normal is value others, and it shows up in your actions. In other words, when I start to value others, when I have that root, that value, then what will happen is it'll show up in the way that I treat others. Well, we're gonna go a little deeper now. It's great to have with me Mary and Andre Rivera. They're part of our East San Jose campus. They lead our couples ministry over there. I, I just love you guys so much and so appreciate what you're doing. I've got a question for you. What is the issue that you deal with most with couples when they come to you for help? That's a great question, Pastor. I think generally when we meet with couples, we hear the 
me, I, him, he, she, and we never hear the we. And I think that was, that's the thing that initially that we hear with couples is they get into the, the me as opposed to the we. And we, we work with actually getting them into that. It's not a me mindset, but it's a we mindset. It's that union. That's excellent. And that's a very important part of this passage because when we put others first, we realize what God's intention for marriage is in the first place. Let me set some of you straight. Marriage is a commitment to say, this is the person I want to serve the rest of my life. Notice what I didn't say. I didn't say, this is the person who's going to serve me the rest of my life. That's why the scripture says to lay down our lives and to love as Christ loved. And it's so hard because we come into marriage sometimes so selfishly and think about me and how you make me look and how you make me feel and how you, but as soon as we cross each other, then this put others first sort of goes by the wayside. Let's go back to our text for this weekend from Philippians chapter two. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. In your relationships with one another, you must have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, the same mindset. And here's the mindset that Jesus had. He wasn't willing to use his privileges for selfish reasons. And I think that's where, when we come to couples sometimes, or honestly, when we come to any relationship, this can be friendships, this can be family, this can be workplaces, this can even be church. When we're putting ourselves first, what I need, what I want, what I can get, it can be very difficult because the minute it doesn't work, I'm out of here, I'm quitting this job, I'm leaving this church, I'm out of this marriage, you're not my friend anymore. And it's because we enter in so selfishly and put our own interests first. And when we look at Jesus, his bottom line, his mindset was humility. Now, I know some of us stumble over the word humility because it's not sure what does that mean. Let me give you a definition of humility from a biblical perspective. Here's what humility means. Humility is loving God and loving other people. Remember that, the great commandment? Humility is loving God and loving other people. It is thinking about God and other people more than myself. And that's the beauty of this passage to put others first. I think about you more than I think about me. When I get into trouble is when it's all about me and what, what I can do and what, what happens to me. Mary, what's some of the advice that you guys give the most often to couples that come to you? Yeah, I think the number one advice that we give is always put God in the center. When you have God on the center, you know that you're focusing on him and his mindset knowing that he's, he was here to love and he was here to serve, right? It's a dirty choice that we have to make as a couple is waking up, asking God, what is it that I can do for my husband today or my spouse or my mother, whoever it is, or our church? How can I serve them best today, God? Let me die to self today, Lord, and you give me the power. You give me the ability to love and serve with humility. Um, we always say, you know, when you're filling your pot, make sure you're filling it with the fruit of the Spirit. Fill it with love, fill it with gentleness and kindness. 
you know, because if you're filling it with other things, it's things of self, it's things of anger or unforgiveness. So it's knowing that if you fill it with the things of God, that's what's going to come out of the pot. And that's what your spouse, your family, your church is going to want more of, more of God. So that is what we always try to point out to them is always pull from the things of God, pull Mm -hmm. from the fruit of the spirit, because that's when you'll be able to serve and you'll be able to love your best. And you can always find out what's in your pot when you get bumped. Because when you get bumped and you don't get your way, what's in there comes out. And if it's the fruit of the Spirit, that's what's going to come out. If it's putting others first, that's going to come out. But if you're center and it's all about you, when you get bumped, well, be careful what comes out of that one. And one of the beautiful words in the Bible is the word koinonia. It means fellowship. God wants us to have fellowship in the body of Christ. He wants to have fellowship in our families, and our marriage. The word koinonia actually in the original means this, being as committed to each other as we are to Christ. Did you hear that? Being as committed to each other as we are to Christ. That's not an easy thing to live out. I I need to be as committed to you as my spouse, as my children, as my parents, as my friends, as I am to Christ. That's this whole issue of humility, thinking about God and others more than we think about ourselves. You guys are amazing leaders and amazing prayer warriors. I'm just going to ask, Mary, if you just lead in a prayer for all of everyone out there. Some are single, some are married, some are in families. If you could lead in a prayer, Mary, and then, Andre, if you could pray as well. Of course. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord. We just thank you, Father, for being the great example that you are, Lord, of love, of humility, of self-sacrifice, Father. We just ask you, Father, that your hand will be upon all relationships, all marriages, all families, Father, that they will turn to you for guidance, Father God, that they will feel your love, Father God, that it will overflow through them, Father, that they will want to wake up each morning looking to what they can do for others, Father, to put others first, Lord, because you are in their heart, because you are in their mindset, Father. So I just ask you, Father, just to to have your way in, in every everyone's life that is watching today, Father. Have your way in their life, Lord. Let them know that they are loved so they can love others, Father. Let them know that that you serve them, Father, so that they can serve others. Let them know that they have all power and all authority to do more than they can ever imagine, Father. So we just thank you, Lord, for being the great example that you are of love, Father, because if we have love, Lord, we know that we have everything, Lord. And Father... We just thank you, Lord. We thank you for the way that you just love us so much, Father. We just pray over all these households, all these relationships, Lord. We pray that you just fill everybody listening, Lord, with just give them the the sense of obedience, Lord. Nudge them where they need to be nudged, Father. We pray that you just fill the households and and just fill them with, with your spirit, Lord. We feel that we just pray, Lord, that you just... Give us the sense of just humility, Lord. Give us the patience, the peace, the forgiveness, Lord. All the traits, Lord, that you just, that you resemble, Father. So we just pray that we look to you as our example, Lord. And we just are true. We just practice the words that we read, Lord. We just thank you for being that, that true example to all of us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you so much for sharing with us today, Mary and Andrew. It's great to have you with us. So glad you're part of our church family. This helps us have a great understanding from this passage about what it is to put others first. 
What a blessing for Diane and I. This month, we celebrate 41 years of marriage. God's been so good to us. We've been able to serve in ministry together all these years. And what a great life and great opportunities he has given us. And what a great privilege for us to serve here at Cathedral of Faith. But I want to share a story with you about our first year of marriage. I was teaching at a Bible college, and we were dorm parents for a dorm full of girls, and we had a little apartment downstairs. And one night when I came in from my last class, I said something to Diane that really wasn't appropriate. It was really insensitive. And immediately she started crying, and she did the only thing she could to get away from me, went in the bathroom and locked the door. And me, I hate it when things aren't resolved. So I'm at the door, I'm knocking, knocking, Diane, let me in, please let me in, please, please. I'm knocking. It felt like I sat there for a long time. Finally, the door clicked. I went in and sat next to her there on the side of the tub. And I said, Diane, I'm so sorry, please forgive me. And she looked at me and said, no. I'm like, what? my theological training and my spiritual maturity kicked in. And I said, wait, wait a minute, the Bible says, I ask for forgiveness, now you have to forgive me. And she said, no, you don't understand what you did to me. I can't forgive you. You just want this to be over. You just want to move on with your life and act like nothing happened. But what you did really hurt me. Well, that started about an hour long conversation of her sharing her heart and her crying and me crying and us talking. And after about an hour of that conversation, I looked at her and said, Diane, I'm so sorry. And she looked at me and said, I forgive you. You see, that was a moment where I was putting me first. I just want this over with, I wanna get going, like stop crying, it wasn't that big a deal. But I had to really learn how to put her first, to hear her heart, to cherish her, to cherish her thoughts and opinions. And that was the key to what I think has laid a lifelong relationship together that's been life-giving to so many people. And I think that's a key for all of our relationships, putting others first. So the summary of this third point, we see here the new normal is a choice that we all have to make this weekend. And here's what the choice is, to think about God and others more than you think about yourself. That's not easy. It's the opposite of what we want. It's not what's normal for us. But the choice we make this weekend is thinking about God and others more than ourselves. In fact, let's look at these three points from the message. The first is the principle that Zion helped us with. Put others first because Jesus put you first. He set an example of doing the opposite of what he really had to do. He emptied himself and came to earth. And when you do that, when that's your value, when that's at the root of your life, then the fruit will be that you'll value others and it will show in your actions. And that comes when we make the choice to think about God and others more than we think about ourselves. That's not what's normal. We think about how long we have to stand in line. We think about what we have to deal with. But a lot of times, whether we value others or not shows up in how we respond to people who we might look down on. People that we might not esteem so highly. And in this moment, God calls us to value everyone. There's another powerful scripture that summarizes this in 1 John chapter 3, verses 16 to 18. And here's what it says. This is how we've come to understand and experience love. Christ sacrificed his life for us. This is why we ought to live sacrificially for one another and not just be out for ourselves. 
If you see some brother or sister in need and have the means to do something about it, but turn a cold shoulder and do nothing, what happens to God's love? It disappears, and you made it disappear. Let us not love in word or talk, but in action and truth. This passage of scripture calls us not just to say the right thing, not just even to believe the right thing, but to do, to have the actions of putting others first. And as we've talked about from the very beginning with Zion, it's not easy. It doesn't come naturally for us. It's the opposite of how we think. And that's exactly what Jesus did, the opposite of what we would expect. If you take a look here on the floor in front of me, this isn't the kind of scene most of us ever want to see. And the reason is, this is what happens when there's a death. They mark where the body was. And while this isn't easy to look at sometimes, this is what needs to happen to put others first. I have to die to me. I have to die to being centered in Wayne. I have to die to being rooted in what I want and what I need and what I think and what I feel. And I have to take on the mindset of Christ. And that's the invitation, the choice today. It's a choice to come and die, to take up our cross and follow Jesus. That's the new normal he wants in us. That will take care of the overwhelming majority of relationship issues you have is to learn how to put others first by thinking about God and thinking about others. I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads with me for just a moment. And I'm gonna ask you to make a choice right now. God, help me. You see my marriage, you see my friendships, you see my family, you see my workplace, you see my relationship to the body of Christ or my community. Help me to learn how to live a new normal of putting others first. I die to myself, I choose you, I choose your mindset, I choose your life, the Christ life, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, what a blessing to be with you. Thank you for opening your homes. We're in for a great treat because to close us out this weekend, Tony Williams from Maranatha Christian Center is coming to bring the benediction. Greetings, Pastor Ken and Cathedral of Faith family. Thank you for inviting me to pray with you this morning. Let's pray. Father, regardless of the time or season we find ourselves in, this is a day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it, glad that you're the God of our salvation. We thank you for the great hope we have in you. And may your word that we heard this morning find good ground in our hearts and bring forth fruit that glorifies you and furthers the values and the purposes of the kingdom of God. Be with us as we go forth as lights into our communities. For we ask these things in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen. What's up, everybody? Come on in. It's time for the wrap. We just had an amazing message from Dr. Wayne, the new normal. 
This is Ramel, Aurora, Pastor Gil, Irene, Vaughn. And I was going to go first today, but after I heard this message, I got to put others first. <laughs> Pastor Gil, <laughs> what'd you hear? <laughs> um, yeah, you know, um, the thing that struck me about uh, Pastor uh, Wayne's message was the, uh, the segment with Zion. And, um, uh, you know, that statement where it says, you know, put others first. Yeah. And that really just stuck with me. And it reminded me of uh, this uh, scripture in Matthew 24 when Jesus uh, is uh, telling the disciples about, you know, one will be the signs of his coming again. And they were asking him these questions. He talks about earthquakes and famines and things. And then right at the end of that, in verse 13, uh, he says that uh, because of lawlessness, the love of many will grow cold. And I thought, wow, that's kind of what's happening today, right? Uh, when things like that happen, uh, uh, crisis hit, our first reaction is to think about self, yeah. right? Yeah. And not think about anybody else, and, right? Yeah. And so that's uh, what kind of stuck with me. And I thought, well, what, what would be the counter thing to that, mm -hmm. you know, for uh, people who become selfish? And I think just uh, loving people. Right, yeah. that these acts of kindness, and I also like what uh, Zion had mentioned about you know, even when you're at the grocery store, letting people get in line, mm -hmm. right? And so, yeah, it was just like it hit my heart because I thought, you know, wow. that's what I've been trying to do lately. You know, I my favorite store to go to was Home Depot, and yeah. so I go over there and uh, you know, I look for opportunities to be kind to people, let people mm -hmm. uh, cut in front of me, or a uh, uh, you know, hey, you only have one thing, go ahead and, yeah. you know, go yeah. first. And uh, yesterday when I was at Walmart, a gentleman forgot to pay his uh, 10 cents for his bag. Mm. And so I was like, hey, I'll take care of it for you. And he goes, oh, no, it's okay. And scooped the stuff off. So, yeah, I think that's that, beautiful. Because it, it's, it's not just as an abstract concept. It's, yeah. right. It can be lived out in a, in a mm. tangible way like Absolutely. that. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. Right. Uh, you know, the lawlessness idea mm -hmm. yeah. it could be seen in that image dr wayne put him and i thought it was genius mm -hmm. you look at it and it looks like jumbled words mm -hmm. and then he uses zion and asks him what if you read it backwards mm -hmm. and it's simple it doesn't have to be complicated when you read it from the right perspective it's just clear as day yeah. you put others mm -hmm. first mm -hmm. and to experience it in that way and to you know receive it um in a way that's simple right. uh, is powerful yeah absolutely well this message should bring a holy conviction to all of us. Absolutely. Because we all fail to absolutely like. Absolutely offensive. Mm -hmm. It really is. <laughs> yeah, because we, all, we love putting ourselves first. We yep. love uh, to absolutely. promote ourselves first. We love to, you know, our motives. So this is such a, uh, a conviction, a holy conviction that this is going to be a new normal to look at into ourselves. Right. And if we look at into ourselves and, and to look at others, to look at I look at you and you're valuable to me, Vaughn. Mm. So I, that will be easier for me to serve you mm. with right. your ministry, with yeah. your, to love mm. your family because I value you. Mm. And I think we start looking that, then we kind of take away ourselves right. out of the picture yeah. and put others first and above our needs mm. or our desire. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. That's right. It's beautiful. Because it, um, what you're saying, uh, I think, leads right to one of his, his points where he talked about the golden rule and the bronze rule, right? Right. You know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you would be the golden rule and the silver rule, the bronze. But then right. he talked about the titanium rule, which That's is right. where Jesus came in, mm -hmm. flipped the script and right. said, actually, it's even more 
than what you thought it was. And that's why I think that, man, God's word really is offensive to, to who we are because, if, you know, like, it's like a straight ruler to a crooked stick. It's, it's going, you're going to see the difference. Mm -hmm. and, and we're seeing the difference in who we are versus his character in that titanium rule that says, don't just do what, what you would want them to do to you because that could, that could just be manipulation, yeah. right? It could be, nice, yeah, yeah you, you have a different mm -hmm. goal in, end, at the, in mm -hmm. the end. But the titanium rule is just do unto others as Jesus would have them. That's right. Yeah. Do unto them. That's and the that's, like, that's, yeah. yeah, it's powerful. That's, a, that's another level. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I like that statement that uh, someone said, you know, it's uh, the kingdom of God is an upside down kingdom. Yeah. You know, if you want to go up, you got to go down. If you want to get, you got to give. Yeah. I think it's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And being how he's also mentioned the scripture, pick up your cross and follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that if we wanted to love and be humble, Hum humble and do what love we have to die and here we have right here this you know outline of death and death in in what God is talking about is not just you know don't do right. nothing just chill it is yeah. it's like a garden it's if you don't do it's yeah. intentional if you don't do anything weeds are going to grow and take mm -hmm. over right and I think the same way I, I love that because to be rooted in Christ is how we're able to operate in this love. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And um, another thing that I loved was the dance. You, yeah. um, it's different to dance as an individual than it is to dance in a whole group. You have to be right. so mindful of everything and yeah. yourself gets put aside. Right. And um, I really thought that was a great thing about how we operate into fellowship. And he described fellowship as being committed to each other as we are committed to Christ. Yeah. Right. That's, that's I think deep. about that solo thing too, because like you can, you think about the preparation time for a solo. Mm -hmm. Sometimes there doesn't have to be any. Like you're just making it up, <laughs> right? right? You're just improvising. Right. But like to, right. to do it with a team, you know, it takes some discipline. You need to have some rehearsals. You need to study. You need, you need to, to be to flexible. Yeah. 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 Pastor Gill, you had yeah. another thought that came up to you share with us that I thought was really great. Yeah, it was that uh, portion of scripture where it says, you know, uh, putting others' interests uh, ahead of your own, yeah. looking out for others mm -hmm. and not just your own. And it reminded me of, uh, you know, at the East San Jose campus, uh, uh, I, we started to go through this transition uh, and I started to see what God was bringing these leaders to East San Jose. And, um, you know, I knew that God was up to something, just the people that he was bringing there. And so um, I felt like the Lord was just putting it in my heart. I want you to, you know, serve these, these people, you know, yeah. you know, put them before your own interests yeah. and your own self. And, um, it's something kind of comical that happened uh, one Sunday morning. We have a break time during our service. There was a woman that was visiting from Los Angeles. Their daughter attended East San Jose campus, and she was visiting that day. And uh, during the break, I, I never went up to the microphone. Uh, it was, you know, our other pastor stuff. And then she came up to me, and she goes, you know, I was wondering who the pastor was. And I said, well, yeah, that would be me. But, uh, you know, it was something that went against my green. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, shout out to Eastside. Yeah. Everybody, shout out Left to Eastside. And right. I know I, I know from being there, Pastor Gill, like it's with being there at a number of services, just seeing so many people just mm -hmm. jumping up and doing their part. Yeah. And it's beautiful. I mean, because, yeah. you know, because I've I also have been in some places where you ever see those uh, street performers where it's like the one man band, they're like playing every instrument, <laughs> right? Some, and some churches are like that, like the pastor's right. doing the offering, he's doing the mm -hmm. greeting, he's doing the announcements, he's doing the preaching, he's mm -hmm. leading worship. And not that there's anything wrong with that, right. but there's, 
because sometimes you have, you have to, to because you don't yeah. have you have lack of help. But yep. there's something beautiful about uh-huh. a body, you know, operating yeah. like that. Because mean you're really a good father to your church, to the you know campus. Uh, the one thing I also love what Pastor uh, Wayne did is the illustration from young to young adult to marriage. And I think let's not forget that we need to start inside our home. Mm-hmm. Our children are small children. Mm-hmm. So we're hoping that when they become young right. adult, they know already how to treat people, how mm-hmm. to put people first beside you know themselves. Yeah. And then to hopefully we will produce healthy marriage, mm-hmm. healthy children. That's good. Therefore, we will have healthy church. That's right. That's That's right. Like, like learning a language. How, hard, how much harder is it to learn a language yeah. when you're older? Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, our scripture for today, well, I just, I picked two because our text is um, Philippians 2, 3 through 5. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but rather in humility, value others above yourself. And then he closed with 1 John three sixteen. This is how we've come to understand experienced love. How can we give mm-hmm. it unless we first mm-hmm. received it? Christ sacrificed his life for us. And this is why we ought to live sacrificially for one another and not just be out for ourselves. Mm. Yeah, that's good. And I think there's a lot of practical ways that we can do that this week, you know, mm-hmm. whether it be um, giving to the church, mm-hmm. you know, and the, and the way that the church is serving the community, hel- helping out at reaching out, or just making a trip to Home Depot or the grocery store, <laughs> right. paying, paying it forward, pay for that person behind you, yeah. get that coffee, yeah. pay for that coffee behind yeah. you, or let yeah. someone in front of you. Um, yeah, or yeah. whatever, whatever we can do. And yeah. plug Absolutely. in, plug into all the social media feeds and what Cathedral's doing, mm-hmm. and uh, let's continue to live this out, the new normal. Yes. Absolutely, and We're if you're available too on Sundays at one o'clock, mm-hmm. we have the after wrap, or you can come and fellowship. We'd love to see you there. We're so Absolutely. grateful. Hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. We appreciate you, Cathedral of yes. Faith family. We love you guys, and as always, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. Boom. <laughs>